Tonight, Jared Hayne taking it one dream at a time. We reveal what's next. Paul Gallen calls Queensland bad winners, despite all their practice. But who will have the last laugh? <laughs> Has the sun set on the best of Gary Ablett's brilliant career? No one deserves a lie down more than the record-breaking Serena Williams. And our special guest is tough but very well-mannered, Bulldog James Graham. It's the show where really average magic happens. And no sport is too stupid. The Backpage Live. Wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think women are strong enough, but we just be the world. Their senses are dulled. I got punched in the back of the head regularly. It's just unfortunate it was from a coach. Hello everybody and welcome to the show on the eve of State of Origin 3, the non-decider. Now here to argue the case that there's no such thing as the dead rubber are Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Good luck with that one. And arguing that the definition of dead rubber is a game in which the result has no bearing on the outcome of a series are Ryan Fitzgerald and Wendell Saylor. I declare you the winners. Congratulations. Let's move on. Do you think that really is not a stupid sport? That... I love that ball with the with a big blow up Plastic. ball. Yeah. Thinking about doing that with my kids when they play up. <laughs> perfect discipline. That's brilliant. Uh, look, we've got so much to get to today. But before we get into it, look, I just don't know if you're familiar with the work of American actor, former footballer uh, for the NFL, Terry Crews. He turned out this morning in the oh. All-Stars baseball game. Uh, Del, I think I've seen you do this sort of work. Oh, that's a long time ago now. <laughs> that's that's Del on his wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. The thing is, he's obviously going to smash the ball. He is so good. Whoopsie. And no. <laughs> <laughs> if you've started like that, you can't finish that way, can you? Well, you know, in rugby league, what we used to say is blokes who look good or people who look good, yeah. you know, they train, um, play like Jane, train like Tarzan. He looks good, but obviously terrible athlete. So, but he's played professional... Um, NFL. Yeah. yeah, he's a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just as good a baseballer as Michael Jordan. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, look, unlike Crash Craddock, Jared Hayne won't be going to the Rio Olympics, <laughs> missing out on the Fijian Rugby 7 side. Another dream bites the dust, but no real surprise in this crash? No, I, I think in time we'll remember this as one of the weirdest stories of all time. Like, apparently he wasn't even close, you know? And uh, a fair bit of, of hubris and arrogance about it all. Just bomb-diving in right at the end. It, history will judge this as a very self-indulgent act, I've got to say. And, Wendell, you've played... Uh, sevens rugby, and yeah. anyone who played it were the people who just said, nah, this will not happen, this is a million to one, and they were right. Yeah, well, in 2002, Matt Rogers and myself, we got to play uh, for Australia, and I, I thought, oh, well, you know, we've played NRL for a, a fair while, we'll adapt quite easy and we'll carve it up. Can I tell you, it's one of the hardest things to make that transition to play sevens rugby, mm. and it's just the fitness, uh, different skill level, and obviously since 2002 to now, they've changed so much. You know, it's, it's virtually a professional program with the women doing well in the, in the Australian rugby, and obviously the men are going all right also. It's, it's the fitness, isn't it, Dale? Oh, like of course. You've got to be slight. You, you yeah. can't be as large. No. Like, with, you know, with his thick-set Jared Hayne, you're running all the time, defending, attacking all the time. Yeah, especially because Jared, yeah, he's a power athlete, and I think I heard Paul Gallen say he was quite surprised because around Australia, you said, well, uh, when they train... In fitness, he wasn't leading the fitness. He was sort of in the middle. And that's, you know, he's, he's a power athlete. Is it a bit of an example of tall poppy syndrome a little bit? I mean, I, I think you've been a little bit harsh on Jared. I'm surprised the criticism on him. He, is he being criticised because he's put himself out there a little bit? I mean, he played eight games in the NFL, for goodness sake. That's a, that's a great achievement. And 
he's put himself out there with the PG and if he made the Olympics, good luck to him. He would have put a lot of noses out of joint, I would have think, within that team. But what has he lost? Oh, he hasn't, hasn't lost anything. But I, I think for all those Fiji, they had a beautiful rhythm. Fiji have never won an Olympic medal of any sort. The side was gliding towards the Games. And there would have been some really good players, or a good, very good player, missed out. So I, I just feel if he had got in, it would have been an injustice to those. One door closes, another opens, Ooh. obviously. The planets now seem to be aligning a little. Now with Karen uh, Foran deciding he is wants to leave Parramatta uh, for those reasons. We're not going to get into those so much this evening. Does that uh, mean there is now the room for Jared Hayne to walk back at Parramatta? It's like David Brent, there's that, you know, synergy. It's about to happen. Can you <laughs> see it happening? Should it? Do they want him back? Obviously, the club do. Do the supporters do? Do you reckon? That, do you reckon that's what is this? I mean, he's been yeah. there. He's been at the club, and he's he's probably one of their favourite sons. But do they want him back? I suppose before he left, obviously everything was like it was Jared. It was a bit like in under nines when you give it to the best player. Everything was revolved around Jared. And now I think they've gone. Not they've gone past, but you know they've got other players now. There's more responsibility on a guy like Bo Scott. And I've got to say, no, we'll probably talk about it later. But Corey Norman has been probably their most important player this mm. year. And even last week, we called the game Triple M. Mate, with, if he doesn't play, they don't win. So, look, Jared Hayne, I mean, he might come back and he might, you know, not so much be a team man, but he might fall into that program a bit better this time. Would he want to go back there, Del? I mean, the club is an absolute mess. It's at rock bottom with everything that's yeah. happening. You just think, surely it can't get any worse. And then you open up the paper the next day. It's absolutely ridiculous well, what's happening there at the moment. And I guess for him, maybe he thinks he could be the saviour and that he could... Yeah go back in there and, and turn it around and, and do it for the fans. Well, he, he, he might think that... See, that club, I suppose, Parramatta helped make Jared Hayne who he was as a player and a person, I suppose, and he, the way they let him go, he might think, you know, it'd be good to go back and give something back through the toughest period they've had so for a loyalty, long time. So loyalty is still alive and well in modern footy. Yeah, look, there, yeah, there's certainly <laughs> some uh, people and players. Don't write him off as well, guys, because with Fiji, now he can focus on the Commonwealth Games, which should be good. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Well, the Sevens dream uh, may be dead for the Olympics, the Olympic one anyway, but it lives on for Jared Hayne. We have exclusive footage of him chasing his new dream, representing Fiji uh, at table tennis. <laughs> he's uh, just working on that. And he's got the shots down pretty well. Uh, See, wins the point here in a second. No, well, it doesn't actually win. That dream's now dead as well. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what uh, bit the media was, whether it was more discussed about Corey Norman's alleged involvement in a sex tape or the asking price of $150,000 for a copy of it. $150,000? No way. Do you think it was $10,000 they might have shown the yes, sex tape? Yes, it might be a completely different story, isn't it? This is a, a tricky one, I guess. Uh, crash in a sense. I mean, he hasn't done anything illegal in this situation, separate to the court appearance um, this week. But um, at the same time, it is just such a bad look, isn't it? Particularly when the, the club is, is at its lowest yep. ebb and yep. it does nothing for his reputation. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm actually really worried about the kid. When he was in Brisbane, he was regarded as essentially a good lad, easily led. There was that. And not perfect, but a good kid. In the space of three days at the Wild West Outlaw outfit that is Parramatta, he's been accused of taking uh, money in a car park outside the salary cap. He'll have uh, a drug charge at the courts tomorrow. And now this sex tape. I mean, if you had one of them in your career, you'd say, oh, that was my horrible year. He's got three in a week. And a kid who, a few years ago, the Broncos thought he was their future. Now, I'm, he has to take some responsibility. But, gee, I'm worried. There is... Parramatta, mm. leaderless, rudderless, 
and, and amazingly winning football games, but it's a circus. It, it's an absolute circus. Yeah, look, it's got to the point where you can't innocently tape yourself having sex among a group of people who <laughs> may or may not be taking <laughs> drugs. I mean, what's the world coming to? Do you... What do you make of it? Who is to blame? Well, if, if you can get 150 grand, I might have to get one myself out there. But, um, <laughs> oh, look, I think... Look, it, it, this... I agree with you, Kelly. He's done nothing illegal, and I think it's disgusting that these blokes who apparently have now got legal advice, got a lawyer behind them trying to sell this for $150,000. You know the other thing as well? I'm trying to work out... You know, he's been mixing with people that the police have got interest in, right? If this ever got out and you sold something like that, don't you think you'd be in a bit of trouble from those people? Or are they the ones that are involved? I don't know. It's a, it, I find it disgusting that... Now you can't go and look, let's be behind closed doors, whatever you do, he's done something stupid, he hasn't done anything illegal. But for these people, it's disgusting to get out there and try to sell it for 150000 yeah, No doubt about that. All right, Queensland has its shot at a fourth whitewash in the 36 years of origin tomorrow evening. If it happens, I won't cope because Queenslanders obviously are such lousy winners. That's according to New South Wales captain Paul Gallen. Look, I'll say one thing about Queenslanders, I think they're bad winners, um, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but when you win 10 of 11 series or whatever it is, you, you probably can afford to be. And it's not, it's not, not so much the players. I'm talking about the, the people out there in general, uh, to be honest with you. But um, as I said, they've, they've got the, the... It's on the scoreboard. The runs are on the scoreboard, so we can't change it. I've never met an arrogant Queenslander. Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there any truth in that? Oh, no, look, I think that this Queensland team have been quite humble for what they've done, I think, over the last 10 years, especially with, you know, Mel was at the helm... Um, Kevy, the way that Cameron Smith and Jonathan Thurston, even the young players coming in, they've carried themselves. I thought they've done it, you know, with a lot of humility. I know if I was in part of that, oh, I'd probably be a bit of a big head and carry on a bit. But, <laughs> you know. the New South Wales supporters back in the day, Dell, when you were playing Origin, um, any stories that you'd get no, spinning no. or uh, any, anyone having a crack at you? No, well, I come through a tough period. My first series in 96 got beaten 3-0. But, look... It is what it is. Remember when Brian Fletcher threw that grenade? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. I still yeah, get embar like embarrassed because I'm the one walking in the background. Yeah, so, right. so that's not arrogant. But, you know, when you win, you can sort of... But I, I don't agree with Gil. What about Corey Parker here? I mean, it's his last game uh, tomorrow night. Obviously, mm -hmm. well done. But he's this, that kind of in-your-face sort of stuff. Do you like that or not? Oh, well, look, I'm not going to bag Corey Parker because I did that a fair bit, you know. Um, <laughs> So, look, no, There's nothing I, wrong with I a bit of that. Yeah. I mean, look, call me, call me yeah. cynical. Call uh -huh. me cynical. Yeah. But it's Origin Eve. Yep. The media manager walks over to Paul Gallen, taps him on yeah. the shoulder and says, it's your turn to come and talk to the media. And on the little walk towards the There's big media left. pack, <laughs> she says an old-fashioned gal rev up on Origin Eve would be oh, perfect. Exactly. He's done it every Origin and, Eve and, this year. And, look, the game will miss him because he's always got the theatre of it. I love loved the way he winds up. Of course Queensland are bad winners, but that's Origin. Yeah. I mean, it's that old saying, you know, winning is never enough. Friends must fail, yeah. you know, and, and it's that rivalry that makes it. You know, it's like you're not going to a Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. I mean... for the, all right, for the game <laughs> itself, the big question for New South Wales and Laurie Daly is who plays 5-8. Now, Jack Bird's been named ahead of Matt Moylan, but Laurie seemed less than solid when asked if Bird would start at number six today. Uh, yeah, yep, no, Birdie, um, uh, you know, he'll get an opportunity there. Um, you know, having said that, you know, uh, Moyes will, will spend some time there. Um, so, yeah, I think at the moment, um, you know, both those guys have, have trained in that position and uh, we'll, 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 we've already sort of made the call of, of who's going to play, but both will, both will, um, both will get time there. <laughs>
Sounds too like, nice to lie. He sounds like one of the police officers on the Stephen Avery case. <laughs> yeah. murderer. Yeah. He just can't give you an answer. <laughs> His mother's saying, Laurie, did you break your sister's yeah. toys? No, 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 yeah. But he doesn't want to give an yeah. answer, Laurie. Mate, yeah. wouldn't you like to play poker against Laurie? He's cleaning up. I've got to say, Laurie's that sort of guy like he's... You know, you're trying to you hold your cards really close to your chest, you know, and he's that sort of guy where I think it's a tough one because he doesn't want to put the pressure on Moreland because you know that's going to be Moreland or Bird. I would probably go with Bird because he's played there before. Origin's different. Moreland's very... In the first 20 minutes, on that we'll sort of pitch, it's a bash-a-thon. Well, and, Matty Moreland, yeah. of course, he was asked pretty much the same questions. I think he was even more convincing. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Loz will um, finalise that later in the week, I think. JT laughed at yeah, I know. I don't know where that came from. Absolutely brilliant. Is there pressure on Laurie Daly? Oh, of course there is. A bad loss, and I reckon it's probably history for him. I feel really sorry for him. I mean, can anybody, could have anybody coached a Blues team to beat Cronk, to beat Thurston in their prime? And they got close. They got really close. A couple he, of times. He, yep. He's done a good job, and I reckon they... Whoever they appointed would have been doomed. So I, I feel sorry for him. And what seems to have got lost in all the Laurie Daly chat and where his future is is Kevy Walters and what he did by standing down with the Broncos. Yep. Opting to coach uh, Queensland, it's proved to be the right move. Well, I'll tell you what's proven Kevin Walters a coach this year. Not Queensland, but the Broncos. He's terrific with the halves. They've really struggled since he left as assistant coach. He's got no credit for that, but he's done a nice job as well as Queensland. It's a good right, point. Speaking of halves, I don't want to come across as the Premier of the nanny state, but uh, look at Cooper Cronk's flagrant disregard for the law here. He is not... There we go. This is absolutely illegal, my friends. Bicycle helmets must be securely fitted and fastened. That is and, not... Is neither. And Crash, if you're using him to deliver the courier mail, that's horrible. <laughs> that's Get a young bloke to do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, have we seen the best of one of the greatest? Gary Ablett's season is over with more surgery on that shoulder. It's a different injury, but same shoulder, Kel. It is. It is devastating for the champ, and uh, the club says it's a four- to six-month injury, so they're saying he'll be right for day one of pre-season, but let's be honest, realistically, pre-season is just running. So eight months away from the start of next season. He's 33. He's got two years to run on his contract at a Miller season. So there's some talk of, will we see, is this the end of Gary Ablett? I mean, if it's his decision... Of course, he's going to play on for the next couple of years. Cal, did he come under fire last year when he was injured? You know this. So mm. Did he come under fire because he wasn't 100%? Oh, he was only like 89%. And some players or some people were saying he should have played. Look, I'm a Lions fan, so I've been... You know, we've yeah, it was, to it was Jonathan Brown. That, yeah. that he, he hasn't the been 100% for the last no. couple of years. And that's the decision you have to make as, with Rodney Eater's coaches. I mean, do you, do you rest him up? Do you get the operation done and try to get him back? But like you said, time's against your side now, you know? Like a reconstruction of work. They're, they're, I reckon they're worse than knee reconstructions. You've, you've had two, two shoulders? Yeah, they're, they're horrible. And they're hard to come back from. If they're not done properly, like Gary here, it's just horrible. He's done it again. And you always think about it in the back of your mind. Yeah, twice on the same shoulder. That shoulder's no good for anything but slow roasting. All right, uh, Kieran Jack <laughs> is a superstar there, I've said it. The uh, Swans co-captain, he nailed it, Kel, in his 200th game. Despite, now, he had that week with the personal sufferers all over and it threatened to derail well, that milestone. How, how good are these Instead, pictures? turned it completely around. Look at that yeah. moment. That's Look, the first goal. He's just been so classy throughout all of this. You can't imagine, I guess, how draining it has, has been for him to have your dirty... Laundry aired in public and particularly because he is such a, a private and 
uh, private person, classy player. I mean, the mental toughness that he has displayed in that game where he knew all eyes were on him, Fitzy. He kicked the first goal, he kicked the last goal. They were away from home. A huge win for the The Spurs. way he handled himself during the week, a lot of people said, why did you do that press conference leading up to it? I'm glad he did. He got it out there. He handled himself so well. And to turn around to his critics or people out there questioning what was going on, to nail three goals, slot three goals, then you knock off Geelong down there and win by six... Stuck it right up. There would have been a lot yeah. of players that went through that week, Dell, and that would have played and you would forgive them for having a bit of a stinker. Oh, of course, but it just shows how powerful social media is. Like, as a parent, I've got two young blokes who, who play in footy and if there's a problem inside the family, you sort of deal with it in a family situation for it to hit the media and, like, for guys like us to have an opinion on it, what he done is 200 games. And the Swans, the Swans are very good at playing multiple games, as you know. It's disgusting. I can't understand why you would need to do that. Both Gary and Donna, the parents, then put their tw uh, Twitter accounts on private. I don't think they, un they fully understand yeah, that may the, be the, the concept of social that media. That may be the case. Well, given that saga does continue a little bit because they play uh, Hawthorne on Thursday night. Now, Sam Mitchell has come out and said that he's not put it out of the question that they would sledge Kieran uh, Jack about that issue. He hasn't said we're going to, but he no. said it's just not off the table. It was an interesting comment. Yeah. I think he went on to say that, you know, we all know where the line is when it comes to sledging. I think it would be very unfortunate if any player was to, to do that. Yeah, it would, but I'd be interested to hear from our two football experts. We, did you ever, were you ever sledged close to the line oh, in games? My first ever trial game for the Swans was against North Melbourne and I took a grab about 55 out and I went back, looked for the lead, but as if I was going to pass off, I was going to have a crack. <laughs> so as I'm lining up for goal, I heard this, stop the game, stop the game. And I looked around, it was Wayne Carey right on my back oh, going, no. who is this? I don't even know who you are. Who is this <laughs> playing Mantis? You're 55 out and you're thinking about having a shot? And he was yelling out to my Swans opponents going, someone lead, so you don't <laughs> and I thought, stuff you, I'm going to have a crack here. Went back and <laughs> sprayed it off to the right out in the full. Wayne Carey, mate, of all people. I oh, know, the best players of all time. Dean Wayne Carey and North Melbourne. Uh, the Kangaroos have gone from the top of the ladder to the bottom of the eight after their fourth consecutive loss. Now, the key moment was the coin toss. If you'd believe the body language of the West Coast fan, look, this, you've done the job there, thrown it up. Uh, yeah, they went, look. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. Tell us what you really think. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, look, I've uh, got some spectacular stuff to show you. Joe Danaher, this grab for the Bombers against him. Look how high he gets up. Oh, that's well, brilliant. I can tell you how high, because oh, really? the sums have been done. No. 3.7 metres wow, in the air. Ridiculous. He's 201 centimetres. He's standing on Luke Delaney's back, who's 194 centimetres. So the experts have had the calculators out, and they, they um, have estimated about... And he goes back. 3.7 metres. That's brilliant. He, he goes back and misses it. <laughs> <laughs> How often does that happen? There should be a sense of occasion rule. If you yeah, take that kind be, of mark, yeah. you know, let's just go. Like Cyril. Yeah, Cyril. Last exactly. couple of weeks let's ago. Let's have a look at this one. This, if you thought uh, Rioli, look at this. This is Cyril Rioli. He goes up. Oh, so that one's not mark. paid. It's a mark kill, without a doubt. I know we're arguing about oh, this. Oh, I'm that. sorry that I am the fun one. police, but he's done two, oh, two, man, two grabs. So no, he, he didn't didn't hold no, 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 no. He loses control at the end. But the first point is he puts his hands in his back, yeah, Fitzy. But, but, yeah, but you if can't you mark, do that. If you mark the ball, you can get away with that. It's and the, I think that's not a sense. That's a sense of occasion. Sense of rule. No, I think that if you're going to take a hanger like that, I think you should be. Remember Gary Ablett's mark of the year? Yeah. Senior. 
That, that was one-hander. That was nowhere near that. All right, look, if you thought uh, Rioli was robbed, spare a thought for this baseball fan. Now, have a look very closely. He's a bloke with the hat uh, coming in. He's trying to take the ball. The ball bounces. There's the hat. We've done all the work for you. Uh, takes the, but the other guy takes the hat and the ball. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> he gives yeah. the hat back because he's a very decent human being. But... Oh, where's the ball? Oh, what a sad guy. <laughs> What a be sad guy? Oh, oh I love it. Look, oh, oh. he's not at all happy. All right, to Wimbledon, and no matter how many times Kelly has bagged Serena Williams, oh. I have remained steadfast. Oh, you are And what terrible. a way to match Steffi Graf's 22 Grand Slam titles on that surface. Terrible. Down she goes. How good is it, Kelly? Oh, this is so good. Tennis is lucky to have her. 17 years after she won her first Grand Slam, uh, the US Open in 1999. I don't know what you guys were doing back then, but I can't even remember it so long ago. So That was about 45. Three yeah. more to go uh, before she becomes the greatest ever. In my mind, she is the greatest ever she's, already. Um, long she's going to knock off an Australian, though, Kill. Yeah, yeah. Different era, Fitzy. Yeah. Hard to compare. But, I mean, look, it's not just tennis. It's not just the tennis court. It's the longevity. Mm. And it's also the leadership, I think. She is a great role model. She speaks a lot for her people and she speaks a lot and represents women, which we saw over the last couple of weeks at Wimbledon. Doesn't She's really careful about... I think she understands the power that she has yeah. within sport and around the world because she's a global superstar and we see her moody and she's not in the mood and we spoke about the pressure before Wimbledon. But when the time is right, she speaks and she's very deliberate in what she you says. You talk about hunger and you just wonder... What makes her tick? Obviously, Venus is still there and they obviously push each other. Um, Venus obviously just comes in every now and then. And then I think she backed up and played doubles, didn't she? Like, yeah, yeah, and they ridiculous. won that. It's ridiculous. Mm. She's That's she a good day at yeah. the office. She's got to play I, with I, love, I love that Venus, the both of them, because she did go play the doubles. She won with her sister Venus just a short time later, about half an hour. But I like the way the pair faced the media many years ago as kids. Have a listen to this. What do you want to be when you grow up? Tennis player. I would like to be a tennis player. There's something else you want to say. What would you say? A veterinarian. Uh, I think I'd be an archaeologist. If you were a tennis player, who would you want to be like? Well, I like other people to be like me. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Who is that? That's, but they have had outside interests, haven't they? And that's kept her fresh, hasn't yeah. it? Like, I mean, yeah. the longevity, you can't just be tennis, can you? She's got a million outside interests. But you interest, think when she? they arrived on the scene, you know, tennis had never seen anything like them. They were yeah. teenagers and they mm. were a bit... Um, they weren't overly welcomed, in a sense, because they said, we're here for a short yeah. time and a good time. Yeah. We want to go and become fashion designers and we want to go and do this. And that has completely changed over yeah. the last two decades. Now, you mentioned her role model. Uh, look at this. The old, old question, obviously, about equal pay for women came back uh, after Serena. She took about 40 minutes to win her semi-final. Here's how she responded. Yeah, I think we deserve equal prize money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you happen to write a short article, maybe, you know, don't you probably, you just, you think you don't deserve equal pay as your beautiful colleague to behind you. Basically, my whole life I've been doing this and, and I haven't had a life and I don't think I would deserve to be paid less because of my sex or anyone else for that matter in any job. You're right. That's great. I do get paid by the word, so that argument does a bit spurious. <laughs> and Crash's articles are getting shorter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right. Actually, that's that's right. Right. That saves my pay. <laughs> that's wrong. I can challenge you. I was that. wondering, does Bozza get paid by the word? Because you guys, I want to hear.
look, it's not the quantity, it, it's quality. As Serena's nephew showed watching the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was during Andy Murray's victory speech. Very <laughs> 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 token, isn't it? <laughs> Love it? Roger Federer may have been our fairy tale story at Wimbledon, but that didn't happen. Andy Murray isn't a bad one, though, uh, winning his second Wimbledon title. He, he played great, didn't he? Obviously, with Novak gone, uh, he, he's come through. He's, there's a bit of pressure on him there. That yeah, court. yeah, and it seemed a little bit no fuss the second time around. Um, you can't help but be happy for him. We spoke about it after he lost the French Tony and his yep. record in slam finals was two wins and eight losses. He's lost five Australian Open finals. Happened to reunite with Ivan Lendl and... Voila, well, go. and didn't it change him? Because Lendl said, stop this rubbish yep. about looking up the box and blowing up. And also, I love the way we saw photos of Andy Murray smiling. Yes. Out on the town, throwing yeah. money on the bar. I reckon we might see a new Andy Murray now. He's carried this ball and chain for a decade behind him and been so serious. And but it's almost like the, the old Scottish Braveheart's been liberated, hasn't it? Wrote a column on the BBC website overnight and he said the best moment was in the locker rooms after, where he's with Ivan... Boris Becker, Pat Cash, Stefan Edberg. Oh, he said they wow. just all sat around and they did not talk tennis. Wow. That's well, crazy. that would have suited Nick Kyrgios because, you, you know, he's been a holiday. Well, you know, Kyrgios and Tommy had a pretty good Wimbledon. You And I think they're ranked now 18 and 19th respectively. And we, we heard from Kyrgios that he's not really enjoying tennis. Mm. I saw photos. I reckon he is enjoying himself a bit at the moment. Have a look at that. Oh, Have a look at that. For a man who doesn't like tennis, <laughs> from back in the old days when he was a part of Wu-Tang Clan, have we got us? This is when he was a young fella. There oh. Oh. <laughs> Gave up Wu-Tang to play tennis. Yeah. He's done pretty well for yeah. himself. And actually, I think when I was in here a couple of weeks ago, Wally Masur reckons he's the guy they could go to number one. He said, Tomic, not so much, but... He said if he gets his head right, yeah. All right, look, there's no more Dapto Dogs. In fact, there'll be no more Greyhound racing in New South Wales after Premier Mike Baird banned the sport after a damning report of animal cruelty into the industry. Crash, what are your thoughts? Well, look, widespread, uh, this decision's been really roundly criticised. Uh, I'm slightly on the other side of the fence, Tone. I, yeah. I, I think while it's very harsh... Uh, I think the rest of Australia will actually benefit from it because at last this greyhound industry will take what's happening seriously. Since the Four Corners report, I've had, greyhound trainers have been sort of saying those two phrases that we almost stole from the Tour de France doping saga, like, oh, mate, it's been happening for years and years, mm -hmm. oh, everyone does it. And that's not an excuse. Two weeks after that report, guys are live baiting again. So right around Australia there is a shockwave. I feel sorry for the battling trainers. We all do, there's no question. But systematic live baiting, the euthanisation of tens and thousands of dogs. Around the world, 41 states of America have banned it. India's banned it. South Africa's banned it. So, look, it's a tough decision. So it's beyond just getting the policing right? Well, well it would appear that, that they felt things were so bad that, that a simple system couldn't change it. The rest of Australia will try to. And I reckon the rest of Australia will be better for this decision. <laughs> I know in Queensland, they're on their last chance. Yeah. Talking to great people in the last few days who were very comfortable with things months ago, saying, gosh, if one of the stuff's up, the whole industry could go. So 
Look, maybe it's the rocket Australia needed. Yeah. Uh, Without being selfish, Kel, I, I have to say I'm a little bit sad because Greyhounds have brought us some of our favourite moments uh, over the years. We can see a few of them. Forget the people in the business. I, I like it when the dog themselves cheat. See the dog that falls over the white one. He's uh, not going to give up. Uh, why don't we just go straight across the... Oh, straight across the middle of the park. Get back on Valti. Uh, I'm leading this race. Nobody can stop me now. That's the Robbie Waterhouse dog. <laughs> I miss this type That's of classic commentary see. when the fog oh, rolls in. Even. I can hear it. I should have eaten some spinach when I was young. I think I might be able to see better. I've got no idea where the dogs are. Now, the race is over, I think. Okay, well, I didn't even see the dogs up the straight. <laughs> it's a bad place for the wrong types of animals as well, like cats. Oh, off oh. I go. Uh, that's not it. And if you're a rabbit, why would you go to the dogs? Oh, uh, wow. Again, look at it sitting there. Everything's out. <laughs> teasing. <laughs> and, of course, you, you've got your classic, what they chuck, the hair. Oh, oh, oh hair. man. <laughs> and one dog knocked off its axis, but there it goes. Oh. All good. All good. So uh, we will miss the dogs in some ways. But still to come, we chat with Bulldogs captain James Graham. David Warner takes a swing at his bat critics, plus all the weird and wonderful moments from the final of Euro 2016. Good chunk now of extra time. And Portugal could have written and had their name inscribed on the trophy with that free kick. Here comes Ebbet. planned for the home team, France, expected to beat Portugal and take out Euro 2016, but that extra time goal to substitute Adair changed all of that, delivering Portugal's first football title. That's quite an amazing stat. Mm. <laughs> it was. High drama as well, and uh, there was quite a bit of emotion. We saw Ronaldo, he cried during the national anthem. Yep. He cried when he did his knee, what, at the mm. 14th minute, <laughs> came back on. 24th minute, he cried oh, when he was stretched off. He yeah. cried afterwards. And yeah. Couldn't you imagine Julian Schiller sitting on his couch going, oh, he's done it again, it's all about him and he's not even on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the manager at half-time and the rev-up that he would have said, look, everyone thinks we're a one-man team, yep. there's no yeah. Ronaldo, France, in France, no-one expects and us it to was win this. going off. I went down to my local Portuguese restaurant and Nando's was going off. <laughs> <laughs> it was just <laughs> awesome. It was a, it, it was a French backpacker working in there. <laughs> 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 what, did you have the pit of bread? Yeah. <laughs> I did like Adair, the substitute, his determination to celebrate alone after scoring. Now, just look how many players he managed to brush after he scores the goal. Does the baby bit. Oh, yeah, oh, anyway, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> All gone until Param- he finally Param- gets cornered. I think Parramatta's picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's signed him. Absolutely. All right, Portugal's uh, reliance, as you said, on superstar Ronaldo was tested when he went down with a knee and moth-related injury. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you saw it, down he goes. He's got... Uh, it, look, he's he played some great moments, but then as emotional... What was it with the moths? I'm not sure exactly <laughs> happening there. It's like Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, it's what it is. That's, they're all over the place. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of moth plague. 
Come on, there's going to be a wallet joke in this. Yeah, we are. Uh, whose wallet are we going to go in now? It's always crash. It's always crash. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't even got any moths anymore in mine. They're gone. They're long gone. Sometimes uh, Ronaldo doesn't know his own strength. Now, just look at him on the bench after he was injured. Oh. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> How sore can your knee be for that to hurt? That is ludicrous. Just brilliant. All right, uh, I want to see him also as a manager. I don't know if you've seen this. This is brilliant. On the sideline, Ronaldo as well, uh, with the the manager. This is Fernando Santos, who's in the blue, and look at him. He gets better and better. It's just all about him. It is, yeah. isn't it? Oh, 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 wow. yeah. oh That way. No, that way. Yeah, yeah, classic upstage and get behind. Uh, look at the sh- pull the shorts up, too. He's, got he's, the actually, up. he's actually talking to his hairdresser, too. Come over here, I need you. I still reckon at the end of the game, I'm not sure that the players were as much about him as he was. You know what I mean? Like, they were... There's a lot of huddles that didn't involve him and that was sort of... You know, yeah, that, no, uh, that, that could but, well be true. But what happened to his knee in the celebrations? He's jumping around like a pole vault. But, but yeah, when you win those sort of things, it, it all yeah. sort of it, it feels real good, 100% yeah. it is. Yeah, I think the injury was absolutely genuine and probably pretty hurty. All right, this is now, though, my <laughs> favourite moment from Euro. Uh, naturally, the French fans were devastated. How good was it to see this little... Port- you see, he's so upset for this kid, Portuguese kid, consoling oh, awesome. him. Oh. oh, Look at that. He oh, turns a frown upside down. It's beautiful. That's what sport's about, yeah. huh? Till he oh. realised. He's, he's watching his wallet gone, but still. <laughs> 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 right there, that was the moment. And he's just dropped a flare into his face. But it was really great. I mean, we started the. T- remember the first week of that thing where we had the Russians and the English going yeah. hard at it like that? And, and the fact that they didn't know they were on television, like there's been some yeah. nice on field yeah. moments, but you wonder whether choreographed. But that was absolutely yeah. beautiful. Gorgeous moment. moment. Beautiful. Uh, sorry to spoil it. Now, David Warner has gone into bat for his bat, claiming it's the pitchers, not the big sticks, that are beating bowlers. At the end of the day, I, I feel that um, if we look around the country, I think that the, the wickets are pretty much dictating um, you know, the test cricket arena at the moment. And you know, a lot of batters are scoring a lot of runs. Can't specifically come out and say that it's because of the big bats, because everyone around the country and around the world is actually scoring a lot of runs. You know, when you look at the side profile of these bats, I yeah. think it looks bigger because of the edges. Because they're bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, That's why they look bigger, isn't it, Crash? Well, the edges are eight centimetres on mm. his bat. Now, I'll hold up. That's the edge of a bat. And Chris Lynn in Brisbane grade cricket, who, and I know you've yep. used one of his bats, Wendell, yeah. he was batting, and the wicketkeeper, Tom Healy, son of Ian, stirred him up and said, all right, you're hitting them everywhere. See if you can hit a net, uh, six with an edge. So he went like that, turned his bat around to Cameron Boyce, an Australian spinner, tonk, out of the ground, first shot... On the side, the side of the bat. with the eight-centimetre bat. And do you know what sound it made? Nothing. It was so sweet. So they are... Batsmen have got so much in their own favour, and that's what Ricky Ponting is saying. He said, if you want to use a really heavy bat, that's fine if you can lift it. But these giant bats that are so light, Wendell, are yeah. unfair. Yeah, was, was it yeah. light, Wendell, the big, thick one? Mate, it was. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was light. I've used uh, 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 Lenny, uh, Lenny's bat also, and also Davey Warner. But also, didn't... Um, Sachin Tandulka used a three-pound bat. Yeah, it was like a like, railway sleeper. It was this giant know, thing. No-one yeah. else could pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, which was fair enough if you want to use a really heavy one. But what they're saying is yeah. these ones that go like cannons and they're toothpicks, 
It, it is unfair. But the ICC, I think, are going to bring a, bring a, yeah, a rule on Ricky that Ricky now. Yeah, that's Ricky Ponting's there. He's yeah. trying to work on that as yeah. we speak. All right, those big bats, they're on display at the uh, Caribbean uh, Premier League as well. Things uh, don't always go their way. Look at this. Bang. Oh. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm not sure what he's got in his gloves, but still. Teamwork. That's <laughs> like rebounds in the backyard, isn't it? Yes. Off the back yes. end. Gotcha. Yeah. One hand, one bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Is it uh, going too far to say that Australia should take a year off from rugby? There, I've said it. World Cup runners-up, you come back uh, fre fresh next year. Instead, we've had to put up with thrashing by England and now the worst <laughs> Super Rugby results for Aussie teams in the competition's history. At the weekend, Wendell, every one of them went down some 80-odd points. It was shocking. Yeah, no, look, I'm disappointed at the moment, I'm, especially with England beating Australia. Eddie Jones was so good at, you know, obviously, I think he took a lot of pressure off the team. You know, it's a bit like when Wayne Bennett sometimes just, you know, takes the uh, blame for the team. But I just, we didn't have any real leaders through that series, I don't think. In that second game in Melbourne, we just kept throwing the same things at them, you know. We didn't have a, I know it's the game's changing that, but a John Eels or a George Gregan under pressure, we didn't have any real decision makers, you know. Israel tried hard. No, uh, I know Pocock. Pocock was injured, yeah. yeah. But... I tell you what, on the weekend, dead set, the Crusaders against the Rebels, they, they scored 85. Yep. They scored a, could have scored 100. Yep. They, they switched off. The Reds had 55 put on them. They yep. could have had 70. You know what worries me, Wendell? These teams don't have a soul, some of them. Mm -hmm. Like, the Reds have already got nine players leaving. Now, now, you've got a game in your code, Hawthorne versus Sydney, where those players are anchored in their clubs. They love their clubs. They, most of them have been there their whole careers, and it's right here. I mean, they your code. Them. It's they're all but, polycodal yeah. here. But, but, but in, in rugby, in, in the super competition, I don't sense that with a lot so of these So you're clubs. saying that these players, once they, 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 sign, once they know they're moving, yeah. they sort of switch off a little bit or yeah. it the whole thing's, mean everything. The whole thing's very transient. It yeah. lacks a real fighting yeah. heart. Soul, reckon, lacks right. soul, yeah. yeah. Right, transient. Uh, let's go to the Tour de France there, where bike riders have to push through enormous pain and the occasional accidental obstacle. Uh, like a deflated arch, uh, I just love this. Down it comes, and in they go, straight into it. Can't be... <laughs> Look, this is great. Oh, Over the top. What about the timing? They Has anybody got a puck? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. <laughs> Through they go. It's uh, ridiculous. Mm. There's always an incident, isn't there? Always. always. Bizarrely, the commentator said they'd never seen that before in, in all their history. Well, we have here. This is very much like it from just a couple of years ago, oh, around the corner. And down they go again. Great blow-up castle, isn't it? <laughs> well, one, you know one of those inflatable men that they have down at your local car? <laughs> yeah. on the side of the road. This way. Isn't it magnificent? It's just magnificent. Every year it throws up the complete... Everything else in life and sports so choreographed. Yes. And this madness of the Tour de France. Yeah, well, it's not just uh, deflated inflatables that bug riders. It can be spectators particularly ones that get too close for Chris Froome's comfort. Uh, see the guy in the yellow on the left? Bang! <laughs> just gets a little Elbow. The draw. I yeah. think it's fair game time. I think so too. You want to get close, you get a whack in the snob. Look at the face. Oh, my goodness. What do you mean by good? I think you're absolutely right. It's yeah. justified uh, because, as usual, that leads us seamlessly into this week's top five most annoying cycling fans. <laughs>
And we start again with Chris Froome last year. He was spat on by this guy. So you can understand why yeah. he's a little bit on oh, the short side about yeah. being yeah. too close. Number four, look, the nudie run can be distracting for riders. <laughs> it does provide somewhere to park your bike if you catch up, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Very <laughs> number, number three. The mum, look, look at me. I'm on telly. Oh, uh, that oh, man can no. oh, oh, yeah. oh, goes the That's phone. a good Instagram shot. <laughs> <laughs> number two, uh, there's the fan whose sunglasses annoy you, so yeah, I'll just take those ones and uh, give them the flick. <laughs> <laughs> into the bushes they go. <laughs> Absolutely. What? The old Number focus. one goes to Grandpa on the way to the shops. Oh, oh no! Here's the gap I'm going! Uh, milk, eggs, nappies. Grandpa won, he won stage three. Which yeah. is, uh, <laughs> is that Couldn't get him out of the yellow jersey. Can't you? That wasn't Mick Malthouse. No. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best rugby league players to ever come out of England. Bulldog skipper James Graham joins us next. <laughs>Doggies, this man is one of my favourite players in the NRL for so many reasons. He's a great leader, England international, and of course, Bulldogs captain James Graham. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. Can I say uh, you are one of my favourites, despite the fact that your team is a natural enemy to mine, but uh, I don't mind that at all. Do you honour, because we, we see there your competitive nature, you like the tough stuff, you like a big stage, Origin Eve, do you kind of get itchy and think, well, why can't I? Um, to be honest, not really, no. I, I guess. You know, it, it it wouldn't really mean anything to me. You know, I'm not from New South Wales, although I do live here and lived here for a number of years now. But um, you know, to be honest, it, it wouldn't. I don't think it ignite the the passion in me to to put on that Blues jersey. It wouldn't mean, you know, yeah, it wouldn't really mean that much to me. So there's no real uh, no real desire to to ever do that. So you're from? Let's go back. Take you back then. Obviously, uh, a little place near Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, which is brilliant, obviously. I'm just wondering, given you grew up there, did you have the silky soccer skills at all? Uh, unfortunately not, and that's why I'm <laughs> playing rugby league. So, um, yeah, I think Dad had a couple of looks at me playing a couple of games and I thought we'll, uh, we'll ship him off somewhere else, find something that he's good at. And, yeah, luckily uh, enough for me, uh, yeah, I found a pathway into rugby league. Although, yeah, gr growing up where I did, I was the only one that played either code of rugby. No one had a clue what, what it was all about and... I was just that uh, uh, the egg chaser, as they called me at high school, because that's what it was to everyone where, where I grew up. James, when you arrived here, you uh, had the slippery stuff on your legs, re renowned for it <laughs> and being hard to tackle. I ran into one of your old mates and you said, you should have seen him when he was growing up as a boy and used to have vegetable oil on his legs. And he said it was like trying to tackle a pork sausage. <laughs> but, uh, tell us about, is that true, the vegetable oil story? Yeah, it's actually a comeback from uh, an old coach of ours. That was uh, pretty old school and... Um, yeah, sort of tackling techniques evolved and players were sort of lifting legs in the air. He, 
he'd seen past that and a way to negate that tactic and slap cooking oil on our legs as I think 14 and 15 we were and uh, yeah the old Vaseline trick sort of evolved from that uh, with your feet I didn't, I didn't skin feel, as well uh, you shouldn't do that because you could get burned I, I know this, exactly, this is the yeah. Vaseline oh, yeah. here that was a good looking yeah. Vaseline where did that come from <laughs> Oh dear, yeah. This, this one, Nate Miles, gets a coffee in yeah. the face. Nate's a bit of a coat on, isn't he? Yeah, he would, yeah. oh, I'd do exactly the same if someone did that to me, so yeah, fair play on Wesley tonight. Can I ask you a little bit about the Bulldogs? Um, mate, Brett Morrison, since he's come back, I, I was lucky enough to uh, play with him at um, uh, the Dragons. Always a good finisher. You know, I know he's a, he's a solid fullback, but on the wing, I think he scored five or six tries in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's seven tries in, in three games now. So, um, you know, it's you know it, it's a credit to him because he's been out for uh, since the you know since the uh, our last game of the playoffs last year. Yep. And to come back and it just shows what well, uh, the type of player he is and and the work ethic that he has and all the hard work that he's doing in the in the rehab rooms, getting back to the level he is. And he's just he's just come back and found his form straight away. And that says a lot. There's a lot of players that. I think go through. He had some big, big injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to come back from that and to just find that form straight away, kickstart, and you know, he, he's been outstanding for but us. I, he's just a yeah. natural. I think that's the best way to describe him. It's just a natural finisher. If you could coach it, everybody would be doing it, whether yeah. it's speed or whatever it is. And you know, we make a half break and you know, give the ball to Brett Morris and, and he's Josh. Finish it. Yeah, and Josh is there. But also, I think Hopper's been good for you too at fullback. He's been a real composed sort of player for you since he's been there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, Hopper came into the team. Um, you know, this year, and you know, he's been he's been great to work with. The sort of fallback role of ours is uh, no one's really cemented that spot. Obviously, Brett was there last year, yeah. and then obviously with that injury. But you know, Hopper's just made it his own, and, and credit to him. You're relishing your role as skipper for the club. I mean, can you tell us how big an honour that was when you were asked to do that, to come over from England and to be asked to be captain for the Bulldogs? The boys look up to you so much. It must be a huge honour for you to be captaining that cup. Club. Yeah, it, it really is, and um, you know, it, it came about in in sort of bit of sweet circumstances. Obviously, um, great friend of mine, Michael Innes, was 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 captain of the club, and I, I didn't want to see him leave. But you know, the the way football is, the business side of things now, and, and players move on, and you know, there was an opportunity there, and um, you know, De Desi called me into his office, you know, sort of start of pre-season um, a couple of years ago, and and and. And told me that he'd like me to be his captain, and immediately said yes. You yeah. know, and I realised there's um, a great deal of responsibility that comes with that. But you know, it's something I, I, I relished and, and and wanted that challenge. And, and hopefully, we can see some great things uh, moving forward with that too. James, the success for any footy club in any code at the moment is having the right people in the right positions. You're the captain. You mentioned Des, the coach, and you've got Raylene Castle, the only female CEO in the league. Des can be a little prickly in front of the media. You can be at times a little fiery. <laughs> can you tell us about that relationship and, and how it works? Yeah, it, it all goes great. And I think, you know, the fact that you don't see Raylene in the media too much, it speaks volumes for me because she's a businesswoman um, and, and it's her job to, to run the business side of things and she does that, you know, out, she does an outstanding job doing that. I think, you know, um, for the first time in our history, we, we've reached 20,000 members. Uh, you know the the, spon the sponsorship and all the corporate side of thing. Everybody seems happy, and um, you know she's steering the ship from the top. And yeah, credit to her.
Tell you what it's about, sp it's about passion, isn't it, sport, <clears throat> obviously, and it's you know, sometimes a difficult container. Now, the way you've had uh, some um, things with referees, which has been a bit <laughs> terrific to watch. We've, we've enjoyed it very much on this show over the, over the years. Uh, <laughs> the hands behind the back, just <laughs> the, the way... It's a little bit like the Monty Python night with the limbs <laughs> gone. You're still threatening, uh, still want the fight to go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess... Oh, it, it's, a, it's a way for me to, to try and look a little bit less animated, I guess. You know, it's uh, something that I try and consciously think of. Obviously, you know, there's been some uh, unsavoury incidences. So I guess, <laughs> you know, that, that's my way of, of kind of trying to control that. And it is something that, you know, when I spent that little bit of time away from, away from Rugby League um, last season, it was something I wanted to work on. I wanted to better myself. I realised that, you know, that, that wasn't good enough and I needed to change. And I think... Um, it's a it's a better way of, of approaching what can be sometimes quite delicate situations. Yeah, is it delicate though when you are the other man, Englishman, who's captaining a team? Obviously, Graham uh, Widdop with uh, the St George, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gareth. Yeah. Widdup, you uh, a little bit of sledging oh. here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. What's going oh, I'm on? I'm stretching my hamstrings. <laughs> you can see, uh, you can see the, the heel flicks going yeah. on yeah. there. So what, what are you doing what here? Are you to him? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's right, man. And, yeah. And? Uh, and, and oh, he's That's like yeah. him on the golf course. He's terrible for two. <laughs> mate, mate, he's a good guy. Can he, can he play soccer? Do you know? Is he a good soccer player? I think he rates himself a bit. Yeah, I, I think that might be just... Um, yeah, Gaz pumping his own tyres up a little bit there. Now, I've... I had a few penalty shootouts with him, and Gaz is no good, trust can, me. Can I ask you about Wayne Bennett? Um, just, well, we saw... I don't know if you saw... And the rugby union, but you're you're lucky to beat us three yeah. nil. Um, with Wayne Bennett going over there, Eddie Jones has done a good job. Mate, were you guys asked about that, or was it just they just appointed Wayne Bennett? And what's your take? Um, on it? Yeah, to be honest, it was more of an appointment from the top. You know, I think um, you know, the the way the the international games set up, it's it's a bit unfortunate that we don't well all being well if I'm picked and, and in form and all that. That we have to wait until October. I think you know the hopefully the can, in the future there can be some avenues to. To get more test, some more regular test match being played, but that's another story for another day. But you know, I think uh, the job that Steve McNamara did with the England side has, has been great. He's created a real um, two-team mentality, which I think has been really important. in in the past, has been sort of maybe little divides within the group, but everybody's one group. And I think now with with Wayne Bennett in, at the helm, I think. Um, you know, the future looks very bright for, for the English rugby league. The future looks very bright for the Bulldogs as well, travelling so brilliantly, and no small reason is you. Thanks so much for being on the Thank show, you, James Graham. Great to talk to you. Coming up, our champ of the week and epic fail. They're next. Bit of strike. Welcome yeah. back, and it's time now for this week's epic fail. Now, earlier. We saw a fan catch a foul ball with his hat. Um, now, it's good. using your dinner and beer. What a waste of a beer. Unfortunately, after 12 years, her husband had to divorce her. See, the pros, they can do it without looking, catching the ball. This is from the same game. Look, the catcher's throwing it back to the... Oh, no. Yes. Straight into the gloves. What is that? All right, it's time for our champ of the week. And look, it just ain't possible to go past Serena Williams, who won a seventh Wimbledon singles title, matching Steffi Graf's 22 Grand Slams. She celebrated for half an hour, I think, Kel, before teaming, teaming up with sister Venus yeah. to win the doubles title. Now, 
If she's not considered the best ever now, she soon will be. Yeah, that's just a warm-up for a Rio gold medal when they come together uh, in next month. And US Open 23 may be equaling Margaret Court at the Aussie Open for she 24. She's an absolute champion. Thank you so much for your company, Sadly, That's where we have to leave you. This has been a production of Fox Sports.